Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow, do we have something to tech about, where every episode focuses on ways students create digital evidence of active learning. As a Google for Education district, students and educators alike have free, unlimited access to apps that support creativity, collaboration, communication, and critical thinking, all elements of 21st century active learning. We are Google for Education certified trainers, Drew and Angie, with something Something to to tech about. It's certainly been a while since we've chatted, so welcome back to Something to Tech About Season 4. We are still recording out of the studio and in our different locations, but we're so thrilled to be back with another season. We have um, several guest speakers lined up that will cover a range of topics. Uh, we'll, we are sure you'll enjoy listening to. We have visits from numbers and data gurus, classroom teachers, directors, Google for Education, EdTech authors, and more. So be sure to tune in regularly because we have a little bit of everything coming your way. If you haven't followed us on our social media platforms, we are at ST Tech About on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our website, somethingtotechabout.com, which has grown with a multitude of resources, and our blog, so be sure to follow us at ST Tech About and visit somethingtotechabout.com. Welcome to episode one, season four of Something to Tech About. Today, our guest is Daniel Rivera, a numbers and data guru visiting with us. Daniel currently serves as the technology director for First District RESA, located in Brooklyn, and serves, I believe, is it 17 districts? Uh, Um, Yeah. Okay, good. So welcome, Daniel. We're happy to have you join us. So why don't you just give our listeners a little background information, and then we'll go ahead and jump into our discussion today. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me on for the uh, the show. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back at First Sister Risa. I used to work at First Sister Risa a few years back, about eight to ten years ago. Uh, before that, I was at... Um, uh, Liberty County. I started at Liberty County, um, working as their in their tech department. And most recently, I was the director at the Instructional Resources Center, now called the Instructional Services Resources and Services Center, I think, mm-hmm. uh, at George Southern University's College of Education. Mm-hmm. Holly Sisk uh, actually took over after after I left. Uh, you may know may know her. Yes, yes, oh, yeah, we know Holly. Holly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of my big projects, which I, I think we'll get to a little later. Um, is a video series that I started doing while I was there, and I'm mm-hmm. continuing that. So, but I'm okay. happy to be back at First District Risa and um, back to working with the uh, school systems in the area. And yeah, that's about all there is about me. <laughs> <laughs> we think there's a whole lot more. <laughs> there's a whole lot more. Well, uh, yeah, um, I'm a gamer, a, a, a very avid gamer. I've been a gamer for most of my life, and uh, you, you would say I have more games than most. Uh, 
then, then my wife uh, has shoes, which is a big deal. Oh, that's a good um, analogy. <laughs> and um, and I just absolutely love everything about games, all types of games. But uh, that influenced a little bit about how I approach technology as well. Um, most of what I learned in technology, I learned through gaming in some way or the other. Uh, so a lot of I it was really- self-taught. Um, you know, and I found that that that's a good way to learn the tech is to pursue tech in a field that you have a passion for, whether it's gardening or anything else. And uh, you'll naturally pick it up. Well, that's a nice tip. Do you code? Do you code your own games by any chance? Uh, well, I wouldn't go so far as to say I code. Um, I've done a few mods for games. Um, okay. So in some senses, you do a little bit of that. Um, I have been a part of some software design um, that was a gaming kind of related thing. We, we helped with a company called MindGene, which made a product called D20 Pro. It was a virtual tabletop software um, specifically for online role for, for role playing games, traditional ones with pen and paper and dice. Your, uh-huh. your listeners might know uh, a little bit about that just from stranger things. Now D and D has become kind of a big thing now. Well, imagine being able to play that instead of, um, you know, physically at the table using software to represent the pieces and hide maps and distribute things and play online with friends that you may not have seen since high school. So I was part of the design process for that software and I learned a lot about software and user interface and design and stuff like that. Um, Trial and error. Well, because it gave me some perspective on uh, how educational software works as well and how it should be. Um, and so I can kind of spot good design in certain products pretty easily now. Oh, well, that's good. That That's way above my um, tech um, <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> I geek out um, on that, I got to say. you know. Yeah, well, th- glad some people do. I'm just not one of those. So we're happy to have yeah. you. Uh, geek out all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I believe you were in just strictly in education at one one point, and you've kind of lent to this answer already, but what do you consider your educational superpower? I, I think if I was an, on honest self-assessment, uh, I would say I learn software quickly. Um, I pick it up pretty quickly. And I see parallels between one software uh, title and another. Um, And I have an ability to, I've been told, break that down into (laughs) simple ideas that are easily digested. Now, I speak too quickly and I go over things too much. But at the the heart of it, I think I can break that down and explain it like you're five, uh, to to use a, a common expression. So um, you can take out the crayons and explain mass pieces of information. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I can I can explain, you know, explain things like uh, multiple users in Chrome and why you would want to do that and and use analogies like that. Uh, My daughter seemed to appreciate it, at least when she's grown up. Um, And 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 at the same time, I'm able to do rather deep dives in software and see its application in ways that people may not have seen. It was interesting for a while that I was working with Jeff Giddens um, at the Risa. We were just a really incredible team. I want to give a shout out to Jeff. He's he's an amazing guy. I mean, absolutely amazing. So he had a trailblazer attitude. Like he would go ahead and, and, and every day he was posting on this blog, Sega Tech for a long time, Southeast Georgia Technology. And every day he was posting there and it would be like 15 different links. To different things. I'm like, Jeff, what are, what are you doing? Like, where do you get all this stuff? 
And he was just like, I don't know, it's just stuff I find. And he's the kind of guy that would just run forward with a with a hatchet through the weeds and carve <laughs> out these paths, you know. Right. And and he's just like, oh, what about this one? What about this one? What about this? And I would look at one of those things, just one of those things that he left behind in his wake. And I would pick it up and be like, oh, my God, Jeff, this is a diamond. Have you seen this? Do you know what this could do? And he would be like, oh, I don't know. Too busy going along. And he just keeps going. <laughs> and, uh, and I would look at it and go like, this is the most amazing thing. This is, he showed me like, you know, stuff like Google Earth or SketchUp. And I'm like, do you understand what this can do? And he's just moving on. So he's it was great. With because, it. He was ready yeah, to move on. <laughs> it, it, well, exactly. So every day, like I had more stuff being, you know, thrown at me that I could just delve into and sink my teeth into. And I'd pick and choose one or two things and do deep dives. So he was very, he was very surface and, and, and wide variety of things. And I would deep dive into certain things. So it was a really I good that, pairing. I think that's funny because as you're saying that, I'm thinking uh, with Angie and I, I'm like more the surface is like boom, 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 boom. And Angie goes, well, wait a minute. Let's, let's look at, yeah. you know, <laughs> let's go into one and, and figure it team. out. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think a lot of partnerships work that way though, right? Someone's the yeah. idea person and someone's the, wait, what, what else does it do? You know, yeah, there, there's exactly. two sides of, of discovering yeah. new things. Yeah. And, and le- lately, I don't know if it's been a superpower, but it's definitely a passion uh, spreadsheets, <laughs> which uh, for some people is a superpower because for some people, they're just terrified of them. So. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a I, I don't want to say a wall, but that's what's coming to mind. There, a lot of people see that spreadsheet thing and they're like, oh, that's not me. And they will automatically kind of shy away from it where other people see that and they're like, oh, what? show me all the different things that we'll do. But yeah, we have. I've always known you, Daniel, as the spreadsheet guy. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were all into games and stuff. When I think Daniel Rivera, I think math and analytics and oh wow, yeah, um, information. You, you know, you know, I have a bachelor's in uh, art education, right? No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, that's my background. Oh, wow. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was actually just a month away or so. I was in the middle of summer when I went to Georgia Southern. Uh, I was signed on at Snelson Golden Middle School to be their art teacher. Had already spent all the money and budget and everything else was ready to teach. It was in July when um, I found out that Risa was hiring. This was way back. And I had to actually get out of my contract and find a replacement. Interesting oh, story. Wow. Yeah. And Chris Garrison was the, uh, the administrator. And I felt so bad going to him and telling him that. He said, I'm not letting you out unless you can find someone who has a master's in, in, in instructional technology, a bachelor's in art, and who's tech savvy and can work here like you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that, how's that going to happen? I guess it's not going to happen. Funny thing is, my wife at the time said um, uh, a day later, she says, so what are you looking for? And I told her and she goes, I think I got someone. And sure enough, a lady who had just graduated George Southern with a wow. master's in instructional technology and an art educational bachelor's degree willing to move. Wow. Um, so I guess it was meant to be. But um, that's fabulous. Yeah, that's pretty So funny. you're definitely where you're meant to be. Exactly. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. In the right place for and sure. And I've, I've been instructional tech ever since. So. Be our guest. Join in our conversation on a future episode and share your favorite resources, strategies, and even student projects. You're not in Savannah? No problem. We're just a phone call away. Complete the online form to be our guest on www.somethingtotechabout.com. So in your... um, Go ahead, Angie. Oh, I was just going to say the... 
for segueing with the instructional tech part, you've also gone down the road of a lot of Google certifications. Yeah. I know you have, I think I'm going to go with almost all of them. Um, I know you're a you've level one, level two trainer and also innovator. And I'm really curious about the whole Google Innovator projects and <laughs> how you got started with that and what that process was like for you. Well, I, okay, um, this is going to show my age, but I, I oh. was part of the 2000, <laughs> 2012 cohort. Um, so that's when it just started. It was At the time, it was called Google Teacher Academy. I remember that. And mm-hmm. they sent me out to Mountain View. I got to go to the Willy Wonka chocolate factory out there and, uh, and um, got the golden ticket. But yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> at that time, the Innovator Project, one, it wasn't called the Innovator you know, thing. And their project was kind of highly encouraged, but it wasn't mandatory. And... Uh, they said, if you don't have a, something in mind by now, because we were just uh, overwhelmed in two days of just, you know, Wonka goodness. And <laughs> we uh, we were just, I mean, just so exhausted uh, with so much stuff, uh, you know, filling our brains. That a lot of people said, I really don't know what my project is going to be at this point. And uh, they said, well, get back to us. So uh, I did. Um, and my project wound up becoming, because that was just a few months later, Google Glass came out. And mm. I got approved to get uh, uh, a copy of it, or uh, not a copy, but a, an actual product. You're on set? Yeah. So I, I was one of the Google, early Google Glass adopters. I had to drive or, or fly or whatever. I had to pick it up in person in New York City. And so I oh, told wow. Jeff, I said, Jeff, we're going on a road trip. And we spent hours, of course, on the road uh, driving to New York City, picking it up and driving back home. Um and uh, it was exhausting, but I had my and and it was fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, and I was just I, I I just couldn't say no. I mean, once you get approved, oh, and uh, so I had this idea that I was going to come back and do all these projects with it at Georgia Southern because I was working there. And the thing is, I wasn't the director of the center there. I was just kind of a grunt uh, doing tech stuff. And um, at the end of the day, the leadership did not see a, a, a use for it, and I tried to push it anyways and go on my own with it. And they said, uh, you, you're not allowed to bring it on campus and use it. So, <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had this huge write-up. I had this huge plan. I had this huge uh, marketing thing that we were going to do about um, uh, having people wear it uh, from the point of application and applying to Georgia Southern to, like, playing sports, doing b- ballet, being in the music band, and all these different things, right? And right. all from a student's perspective about, like, what will you be at Georgia Southern? Yeah. And oh, who will you be? Exciting. And it was all first person, you know, stuff with with hands on things and like throwing a throwing a clay pot and doing all this. And then to the very end where you accept your diploma, you know, and, and walk across the, the thing. And, and it's all, again, from the student's perspective. And they you see their hand and obviously various uh, diversity and ethnicities uh, in the in the hands that you see. Uh, and it just never, never was allowed to happen. So. Um, oh my gosh! Did you have yeah, to return was, the glass? No, I, I just—I mean, I got to keep the glass no matter what. But oh, um, that's cool. my, my thoughts of doing this great project, you know, was just not. So uh, after a while, I looked for something else, and once I went to the IRC, um, I thought I'll start doing a Tech Tuesday series, and I started the YouTube channel. So I guess it, now that would be my—that would be my project now, I guess. Um, okay. But it's been a long time since uh, I've been in touch with that cohort. Um, so it's a very it's 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 much more I think organized and much more structured now, which I, I'm, I'm appreciative of uh, for other people's sake. Uh, the Innovator gotcha. Program. Okay. Yeah, I think the same is for trainer too. It's really um, mm-hmm. come full circle. It's really improved year after year. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm guessing the innovative 
innovator one too. I think they just com- um, announced the first uh, cohort of virtual innovators. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's. You mentioned your YouTube channel, your Tech Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, I know we have been a lot of times, including you, um, your more recent ones on our social media pages for Tech Tuesday, Tuesday Tips, um, and a couple on our website, newsletters. So we want to continue to to promote that. So let's talk about that, YouTube. What what drives your your topics, um, you know, and mm. many educators are in a situation now that they are looking for ways to reach students remotely and recording their lessons. And, um, you know, YouTube is probably one of the better platforms, no matter how you record it that's probably one of the better platforms to get it out to your students. So, Uh um, you know, what advice could you offer for educators just getting started with a YouTube channel? Right. So um, as far as, you know, the topics of my channel, um, (laughs) I wish I could say that there was some like formula, but it really uh, sometimes is it timely. Like did this feature just come out and, and people need to know about it? But other times it's just like, is it interesting? Um, is it interesting to me? Uh, for example, Twine has been around for a long time. It's a nice little product that lets you make interactive fiction or nonlinear stories. A little bit of coding involved if, if you want, but you don't have to. You can okay. use my elementary kids. And it's just a beautiful way to, 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 to do that. And it's a product that's been around, but not many people know about it. So I thought, ah, let's put out something about interactive fiction and nonlinear stories and using Google Slides. And then we'll move into Twine. And so I did a couple of series on that. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting to see what's what's actually the most uh, popular items. Um, like if I look at just number of views, windy.com and Reflector 3 are my, my two most popular videos. And the third one is actually making flyers with slides. So that's the first. The third hmm. one is, is the only real strictly educational one that I that's there or that's in the top three, you know. Okay. So, um, so I, really it comes down to what's going to get me to – put some energy into it. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's going to be interesting to you, right? Yeah. So is, is, is it timely? Is it interesting to me? Is it a request from somebody that, that, that wants something uh, like the offline access, which uh, is one I did before the last mm-hmm. one that was requested. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem to be as popular as the other videos, but it was requested. And I think it's really important. Um, so, you know, things like that. Now, as far as, um, you know, advice, um, I would I would say this from what I learned, um, get your look and feel down somewhat. You don't have to get it polished perfect, but decide on how you want to look and and and, and all for your show. Like um, so the branding. Are, yeah, get your the branding, branding down. Your process. Like, your yeah, it, it, you pick out your music. Get uh, your intro uh, look. At least get some of the verbiage down. Um, familiarity is kind of important. I mean, like, I don't know if you guys watch Phineas and Ferb or anything. <laughs> uh, it's a great little show, but pretty much everybody who watches that, you know, they know the intro. There's 104 days of summer vacation. School comes along just to end it, you know, and that kind of thing. like, you know, it. you could sing it. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, your favorite YouTubers, right? I mean, you know how they always enter and start up and everything else. And, um, 
And same goes for me, like at the very end, you know, uh, or at the very beginning of mine, I'm like, hello, welcome to the Tech Tuesdays. Today we're going to talk about this. And then we did a little bumper thing. And then we did the crescendo of the music. And then near the end, it's like, I hope you all enjoyed this video. I hope you enjoyed it, found it useful. If you did, go ahead and click that like button. Heck, why not support us? Click that subscribe button. Things like that. Right, right. right. Part, of that is, part of that is it creates that familiarity and it kind of creates that feeling like you are where you're supposed to be. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you get like, it's almost like cheers, you know, everyone knows your name. Like you get that kind of like, okay, this feels good. So um, I would say that that's a big deal because once here's the thing, if you go back and watch some of the, the tech Tuesday videos, you watch the first few uh, I had a bad mic, I had bad audio. I had a weird little bumper intro and uh, it just was kind of off. And it wasn't until I got that um, song, that track from uh, uh, I think uh, Ronald Jenkins uh, that, the familiar one that you hear now mm-hmm. that it kind of came together and I had the, the little the video bumper that we got from, uh, from George Southern. So uh, brand, yeah, branding is kind of a thing. Um, I would also say um, go ahead and plan out shows or plan out content. So get a spreadsheet up or something. Uh, I use a spreadsheet. spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay, no formulas, no formulas, but it's just nice. Cause it's all in a table, I guess that's an endless table. <laughs> So get it all in there so that you can put in like, you know, put in ideas for Tech Tuesdays in there. And I also put in a, a separate tab with the, the ones that I've done and what they were on. So I can easily control F and be like, what what Tech Tuesday was it where I was talking about, you know, this one topic? And so now I found that I can just send people my Tech Tuesday videos and say, yeah, I did a video on that. And it was uh, episode number 37. You know, okay. and, and that. So that helps, especially if you're a teacher and you're going to be sending these back out to your kids. Because after you get to about 30 or 40 videos, I mean, I think we're on 115 now. Yeah, it becomes a big, it it becomes a lot of uh, like soup almost, right? Right, yeah. In your memory, in your memory at least. Exactly. And so having that uh, is good. It also, get a schedule, you know, if it's once a week, if it's once a month, uh, get a schedule and try to stick to it. Um, I can't say I've been the best about that um, because at the end of the day, the Risa duties come first, even though... Um, my director has been really kind to say that this is technically part of my job um, and allows me to spend uh, my work time on it because it is benefiting directly our systems. Uh-huh. Uh, but but sometimes things come up on a Monday and I don't have something pre-recorded and oh well, I, I just missed that week. Connect with us on your favorite social media channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at STTechAbout. Now, do you have a a set time? Do you try to keep it below under 30 minutes or 20 minutes? Yeah, my goal, my, my perfect goal is five minutes, but usually it's under 10. I mean, that's my goal is try to keep it under 10. Um, uh, you know, I, I kind of envy the podcast uh, format um, because I think um, and I've thought about doing that because but I, I just can't. My, my stuff's too visual uh, because I like to personally listen to things uh, while I'm working and long format is really good for that. But if you're having mm-hmm. to look at something, yeah, uh, 10 minutes at most, I think is probably as much as you can get uh, their attention for that long. I agree. Yeah. Uh, when I do how to videos for students or for teachers. I try to max it out at five minutes. If it goes more than five, I'm like, ooh, how can I edit yeah. this down and and really do yeah. a better job at making it succinct? Yeah, with mine, it's like I only do it once a week, so I feel like I can go a little more and Definitely. kind of fully flesh out the concept because sometimes it's just really – like I, I delve – one of the things I think I, I give 
that other YouTubers may not, or at least it makes me, because there's just so much content out there, right? The, the thing that I hope distinguishes my channel over others is that I do try to give that insight and that perspective. It's not just, hey, this is a new tool. Go out and use it. Here's how you, mm. here's how you access mm-hmm. it. Done. No, I, I, I talk a little bit about, you know, why would you want this and how does this help in your classroom or, um, or hey, he, he, you're, you're going you're gonna to need to know this one thing. Like it reminds me that the nickname video I did uh, about Google Meet and using the nicknames. I did right. realize that the that the class link that you put in classroom is a nicknamed uh, you know link, and that nicknames expire in ninety seconds. And why that's important um, that I have not seen mentioned in any help files. Um, so I do try to do that as one of the goals of my of my videos. Just one quick question on that. Do you have to go, has there ever been a time where you actually had to go learn something before you did the video? Absolutely. (laughs) 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 What are you talking about? I I I just figured you might know it all. (laughs) No, no, no. no. Most of the time I'd select my topic and then I do a deep dive into it and I learn everything and then I condense it and then I write up my overall script and the problem is I can't read from the script because I'm looking at the screen and I'm not good at uh, matching uh, or at commentary, I guess. Like I can't watch a video and then commentate on it uh, like mm-hmm. you know, an, a sportscaster can. So I actually talk while I'm doing the action, which can really lead to a lot of ums and ahs, which means a lot more editing. Um, and, and if you're going to do this for students, you have to think, are you, am I sharing my screen? If I am, am I going to be recording my audio as I do the, the clicking which then kind of starts interrupting your brain a bit and you got to do some more editing and you got to think about that and you don't have a script you can read from. So when I say I write my script, I write my intro, I write my first opening paragraph that I talk about, and then I write bullet points of things I know I need to cover um, as I'm demonstrating them. But that's my method. I don't know if everyone everyone works that way. In fact, I'm I'm sure there's a better way. Well, there's a, it's always good to hear how someone does something. Their process may not be your process, but you can take something from that and make it your own. So yeah. um, I think that will help someone along the way for sure, especially putting them in a spreadsheet. <laughs> right. Guys, <laughs> it's kind of a running thing like around work. It's like, you know, uh, my, my first solution to anything is like, have you, well, you could do a spreadsheet, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah everyone has everyone has their go-tos that's yours oh, for yeah. sure absolutely so speaking of spreadsheets and um haha <laughs> <laughs> and and data and things you've really become the the google data studio person oh yeah and yeah. so if you're the if if in your role you're often saying, "Well, have you put it in the spreadsheet yet, or have you done this or you done that?" <laughs> how do you really get people jazzed about Google Data Studio? Right. Well, first, I'd like to say that um, I want to give a shout out to Bucky Bush. Um, he's oh, one of, yes. one of the recent folks as well. I'd say he's probably better at Data Studio than I am, but uh, he turned me on to it. Um, so I would not I would not even know about it without him. Uh, but having said that, um, I, I, I'd say three words, data driven decisions. Right. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So Data Studio takes uh, these these huge spreadsheets with tons of data, rows and rows of data, unless you ask questions. Really, like you could say, you know, which students of uh, Hispanic ethnicity scored over 80 percent in these three teachers classes or uh, what percentage of our attendees were from Bullock and Tattanel County or how do the student grades correlate from uh, to home income level and Internet access reliability? 
or let's compare the academic scores of students learning remotely by choice, by hardship, by medical necessity versus those who are in class physically. I mean, you can take all this that would be in a spreadsheet of just raw data mm-hmm. and say, I want to filter by this, filter by this and sort by this and give me a chart for this. And that's what Data Studio does. Whether you're looking at people who attended your um, conference to uh, you know, feedback you're getting from uh, a feedback form online to behavioral forms you're doing in the classroom, um, teacher observations, anything. Um, and we, we're, we're inundated with data. We just don't know how to make sense of it. And I think Data Studio being free is one of the cooler programs. It's made by Google. It's part of your Google uh, account. It's one of the cooler programs because of its uh, accessibility and because of its ease of creation for what you want to see. Yeah, so, so I, I basically just tell people, do you like data? Most of them say no. Would you like to make it less painful? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let me talk to you about Google Data Studio then. <laughs> what is the learning curve? Because I keep telling myself I need to come sit with you and learn how to do this. Um, it's uh, it's it's like chess. Um, it, the 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 pieces themselves are fairly easy to understand. You only have like three or four different ones, but the combinations and everything else. So it, in a sense, it's, it's easy to learn and <laughs> difficult to master. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at the basics, everybody can do it, and I I, I teach it in under an hour. But if you really want to be an artist with it, that, that gets a little bit more. But the beauty of it is no, not everybody has to do that. They might just say, oh, I just need a quick data studio report to just for our attendance numbers. And that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. So from an educator's view, let's say they are um, administering assessments using a Google form. Mm-hmm. That's a good start, right? Because yeah. then that could go to your – that. Um, that goes in populates studio, a yeah. Google sheet and then you pull from the Google yeah. sheet. Okay. Yeah, in data studio, you set up what they call uh, data sources and mm-hmm. the data source just pulls from a source and that source can be a Google sheet. Okay. And then, then it's a live connection and about every 15 minutes it updates. So if you fill out some stuff in the Google form, it goes into the Google sheet and every 15 minutes that gets pulled into your data um, uh, source. And then your data studio is your, question page, you know, your report page. And you say, mm-hmm. hmm, show me a graph of all the eighth grade students and their their test score, you know, or show me a table with eighth grade students showing these six columns. I want to see their ethnicity. I want to see their uh, first nine weeks, second nine weeks, and so on. And show me a graph of how they're, how they're progressing along that visually. And you just drop in a graph, choose your columns, and you're done. And, um, and, and it's I great because it can even pull in multiple data sources. As long as they have like a key, um, what they call uh, like a, a a key column that you can match to, like a student ID number or something like that, mm-hmm. then we're, you know they're all the same. Then um, you can pull in multiple spreadsheets, and what they it's what they call blended data. Now that's a little bit more advanced, so you don't want to mess with that in your first go around. But <laughs> don't do try it. this at home, kids. Don't yeah. try this at home. <laughs> it's a little more advanced, mostly from concepts. I mean, it's only a few more clicks, but it's a little more advanced from the conceptual stage. Right. But I could I, I could see a real use for it within the classroom, yeah. not, you know, even just collecting, you know, project choices or yeah. um, writing samples with links or different things like that. So, yeah, I would say I would say the use in classroom for an in class classroom teachers are probably I don't want to uh, unsell this thing, but it's a it's a they're <laughs> they will use it less than um school level 
which would use it maybe less than district level. Gotcha. But um, I still see a use for classroom teachers. So, mm -hmm. but it's really powerful with admins and superintendents and so on. Request a sticker. You want to deck out your laptop and show support at the same time? We have stickers. Complete our I Need a Sticker online form at www.somethingtotechaboutttoday and stickers will arrive in your mailbox via the postal system soon. Yeah, as I've seen it used at the district level. And as I'm thinking about it for me, I do have, you know, I collected a, a some data from a Google form today. And mm -hmm. it was all about just what the student, it was a in student interest survey. What sorts of things did yeah. they want to learn in a publishing class as a middle yeah. schooler? And so now I can go, I've been taking notes and interviewing them also face to face, but I could just throw, you know, Google data studio on top of that. And then I could just pull out the student name and then pull out all right. these three things that they wanted to do. And it would be a lot easier than trying to aggregate that in other ways. So. Well, think about that. Like if you had a, a, a lot of data coming in, you could then just pull up something when it comes time to have parent teacher conferences and say, exactly. let me talk about Jimmy right now. Just by right. searching for, just by searching for Jimmy. And then mm -hmm. here's, here's everything I want to know about any given student. I just type their name into the search box and then it filters because all the things you choose all the graphs and everything you can filter. And so when you choose a certain filter, every bit of data on the page changes to match that filter. So uh, that's, that's the real power of it. Now, having said that, you know, Google spreadsheets can do a lot of that in and, in and of itself too. So yes. It's getting, more, uh -huh. it's getting more powerful. That explore tool in Google spreadsheets is incredible and it can do something similar. So, you know, <laughs> there's more than one, more than one way to do this. Always is. <laughs> Always is. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. All right. So let's see. Where do we want to go next? Let's talk about the pandemic, the changes okay. um, in education, in your role at RISA. What's the biggest change that, that your role has seen or, or just um, first district RISA in general? Due to the remote learning, I, I would say um, we've undergone a lot of changes. When 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 COVID really first hit, and we knew that you know this was not going to go away. This was back in March, mm -hmm. uh, early March. You know, I, I decided, hey, let let me just start offering some classes on these tools, and so I put up some classes, <clears throat> and they got filled up in less than an hour. And then I, 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 doubled the, I, I doubled the class offerings and that got filled up in less than an hour again. And then I tripled them um, to where I was doing four a day and there was nothing else I could do. I was just, it was, you know, and they were still full. And so we started asking for volunteers and we had to figure out a way to get people to register and then figure out, <laughs> figure out everything. Like we were, we did it all with Google sites, Google sheets and Google forms. Um, that was our course registration system. Um and uh, then we, we took a little bit of time off after a few weeks of just madness and came back and with a little bit more streamlined, but still doing it with just Google tools. Uh, point is, it taught us a lesson that we had to adapt and adapt quickly. And just how important digital skills were uh, to all educators. And we had a lot of educators coming out, uh, you know, coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, I, I, I've been to some classes and I've had some PD, but I didn't really learn this. And now I really have to know it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, suddenly it was relevant. You know, <laughs> suddenly it was, it was timely and relevant. And that, that leads to good learning. But 
Um, I think in the end, we trained over 7,600 people in nine wow. months. Wow. Fantastic. It was, it was crazy. But uh, then then summer hit and, and people you know got some time off and everything else and we got to come back. And now um, I will say that the RISA is offering a lot of online sessions um, in things like Six Elements and stuff like that. It isn't just the tech folks now. In fact, we've stepped back a little bit and are doing more on request things. Um, and we're really doing a lot of work with our RISA itself, supporting the RISA in its efforts to offer online instruction more. Um, and now we're starting to take a look at some self-paced online uh, instruction that we'll be um, oh, that's exciting. Uh, dipping our toe into. Yeah, because it's important that people are able to take a course or take a session on something at any time. Um, and so that's something I, I've just spoke with my team about today that we need to really start moving towards. Um, possibly uh, having badges or something like that to to show um, uh, full completion and and having an assignment as a follow up. But um, I see us becoming much more hybridized now. The you know we're still going to be um, comfortable providing face to face instruction anytime, but I will say that we're going to be a lot more tech savvy and agile than we were. Um, so that's a that's a big thing. Right. I think well, people are seems, just going to demand uh, to have that digital resource now for almost anything they learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talking about the relevance and and the timeliness, you know, in, in what we do, too, with our social media. And Angie and I were both instructional tech coaches prior. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we'd cover these things. And then um, when COVID hit, it was like, um, a lot of them were like, well, yeah, I remember you showed us this, <laughs> but I didn't need yeah. it back then. It, it's right. exactly right. Um, yep. And just the little tips and tricks we'll put out there on, on social media, unless it's needed, it's really not um, going to be picked up by anybody. So can I, can I recommend, can I recommend a book for you all to, uh, to read? And sure. Read? There's a book called the book of learning and forgetting by a guy mm -hmm. named Frank Smith. Um, it's it's maybe 120 pages. It's really short. You can read it um, easily in an afternoon, I think, or maybe a full day. But it has uh, influenced my perspective on education more than any other book. Uh, wow. Probably second would be Understanding by Design. But um, first is the book of learning and forgetting. Because one of the key things it talks about is that <clears throat> if it doesn't have really a lot of meaning to you, it's, it, it might as well be random data. And one right. thing they've shown is that random data doesn't doesn't retain no matter what you do. Um, and and the only thing you really learn when you're struggling with something and you hate it is that you is that it, it takes a lot of work and that you hate it. <laughs> That's the mm -hmm. only thing you learn. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's a really good book. Um, I would recommend everybody read it. But it is very relevant to what you were saying. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yep. Way cool. Is there anything else, Miss Angie? No, I'm just, I am excited about what we, about next year for RISA, or this coming year, rather. Um, I've always enjoyed the resources that RISA's offered, and I've enjoyed um, volunteering and doing some of the coursework with you guys. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that teachers are really leaning on folks like you for regular content that is timely and is helpful for this crazy place we find ourselves right now. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. So um, I think we're good. Daniel, thank you um, for joining us. Uh, 
I think you've opened um, some discussion on data, <laughs> spreadsheets, <laughs> and, and just a whole plethora of, of information. And we so appreciate you um, joining uh, with us and sharing your knowledge with our listeners. Thank you very much for having me on here. This was great. You're welcome. Be sure to check out Daniel Rivera on YouTube at his station. I mean, his channel, excuse me. Be sure to check out Daniel Rivera on YouTube. Daniel, why don't you tell us your channel again? Yeah, the channel is actually the uh, Georgia Southern ISRC, the Instructional Services and Resources Center. Um, I'm a two-time alumni from there, and we this is kind of an outreach project with them, a collaboration with them. Um, once I left Georgia Southern, I decided to keep doing the videos on their channel um, because branding and everything else. And we had subscribers. Yeah, it was already done. Yeah. <clears throat> and they were kind enough to let me continue. And my director here is kind enough to let me continue. So I'm going to keep doing it. But um, yeah, just look up Georgia Southern ISRC um, and you'll find you'll find the you'll find Daniel's Tech Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and hopefully, you know, if, if anybody else would like to present uh, or do a Tech Tuesday, they're more than welcome to. It doesn't have to be just me. So. Oh, fun. <laughs> Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.